What's up, everybody? Welcome to The State of Wild, episode 43, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by Corbett Games. Corbett, how are you doing tonight, dude? I'm doing good, but uh, as usual, um, I mean, last week you had a great episode with Ruffle. Uh, seemed like there was a great response to that episode, so that was fun for, for you. And I was away, but now I'm back. We've downgraded again. And uh, But you guys are stuck with me to talk about all of the stuff going on in Wild Hearthstone this week. I miss Ruffle already. Uh, yeah, but, sorry. I mean, you, you've come back, and you've come back in a new location, new background, new room, new everything. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've changed locations. Questions started stopping about whether I was a serial killer on the run, um, and I needed to really ramp that back up. So mm. we're back moving rooms, we're making moves, um, and that's the way we do things. And no mirrors this time, so nobody thinking that your dad's in the background <laughs> working, right? I mean, maybe we can get him around here. Maybe we can uh, make a Corbett dad appearance at some Guest point. Guest appearance, but possibly. Ooh. I'm excited, I'm Ooh, excited. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about this week. Lots, lots of news and meta reports and kind of just general, you know, new developments this week to talk about. But before we get into all that, just a reminder to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you guys enjoy our content. It does support us a lot. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and dive on into it. So the meta this week. I mean, it's been four weeks now. We're a month into the expansion. Uh, and we've had a couple of weeks since the nerfs. Uh, Corbett, how are you feeling about the meta? Um, to be perfectly frank, a little, a little bit burnt out on, on things right now. Um, I don't know what it is. Something about the meta just isn't quite clicking with me. Uh, but at the same time, it's about to be a month reset. I feel like month, month reset is also nice, like, just as a mental check. You don't feel mm -hmm. the pressure necessarily keep grinding the same decks, or you stop seeing the same bases as much. And so I'm really looking forward to, well, I guess by the time this episode is out, the entire month reset as we get into May. Yeah, I mean, do you think any of that has to do with the fact that you grinded 200 games of APM Mage in, like, a week? Look, uh, looking <laughs> back, um, that might actually have something to do with it. Yeah, that, that might have been it. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at my stats, and I, I stream a lot, and I stream about 400 games of Hearthstone in a month. You played half yeah. of that in less than a week of one deck, yeah. so it was kind of impressive. Uh, impressive, um, <laughs> questionable. Look, yeah. there are there are other uh, descriptors we could use here. Yeah, um, I mean, strictly speaking about the meta itself, right, ignoring your obsession with APM Mage, um, I personally feel like, and I feel like I'm going to get flamed for this comment, I feel like right now, the diversity of decks that you can play and win games with and hit legend with is at an all-time high. Um, and, like, you know I'm all about that, right? Play whatever decks you enjoy playing, and you can hit legend. Stuff like that. Uh, I will say, though, at least at high legend, I went on a crazy streak this month. For some reason, I was at, at top 10 legend for about a week. And... It feels like at high legend, it's very much three decks. It's all about three decks. It's Dark Lair, uh, it's Handbuff Paladin, and it's APM Mage or Mizaki Mage. And it feels very much centered around those three decks. Um, but, you know, once you drop back down to, to the lower ranks and maybe once the, the ranks reset, I was seeing a lot of diversity in decks, which I think was really, really awesome. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of, um, like, off-meta things have success uh we'll get into some of that later right we're gonna we're gonna get into some interesting decks and some things going on but as an example uh the player like eltino i think that's how you pronounce it mm -hmm. eltino was playing the prismatic lens murloc paladin yep um i think they the season isn't quite over at the time of recording but they were like top five legend uh last time i checked and then there's been another player uh Afer, i believe is how you pronounce it playing a a quest exodia mage deck mm -hmm. as well that a lot of people have been trying and he ended up with a top 10 finish on eu 
Um, and so there are always these little success stories and snippets like that, even when things feel sort of uh, restrictive in some ways, or, or very much um, centered around these small number of archetypes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of stuff is viable. I'm sure a lot of stuff can win with, like, and, and do well with. But at the moment, like you're saying, it is a little bit samesy, but that's always how it goes, right? Wild is always a place where, you know, there are always going to be people gravitating to, to the top decks. That's just how it goes. It's a card game, whatever. But as always, Wild is diverse in terms of what you can actually have success with. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's fair to say top three decks are the handbuff, the Darkly, and the Flame Waker Mage. But I think, honestly, I kind of a self-brag. Um, but the fact that I was playing 27 deck, like deck roulette, and I climbed from rank 400 to top five legend, I think is a statement about, you know, how many viable decks that there are out there, right? That, yes, these are the three most dominant decks, but you can win and you can climb with a wide variety of decks. And so I think it's uh, a little bit of a statement to both. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you said it's the most diverse ever, or that's how it feels, like, in a long time. I think Wild is always like this, to be honest. I, I, I always think that you can always do well with a variety of stuff in Wild. Yeah, I, I will say that a lot of decks that we figure were kind of going to kind of disappear have also just been still really, really good. Um, so, like, Kingsmane's made a resurgent. Odd Rogue is still very, very good. Uh, I feel like we talked about this two weeks ago where we were talking about, ah, oh, Paladin is dominant now and so Rogue is dead and Shaman has kind of disappeared. Like, it's not necessarily true right i uh people have been having success uh shout outs to margin who's been kind of revolutionizing king's main rogue um which is pretty exciting uh but yeah let's dive in a little bit deeper uh into the meta reports um that are that have come out this week so tempest storm published a report this week and uh chinese meta report came out a little bit at the tail end of last week uh but got translated into english this week uh so let's talk a little bit about it whether we agree disagree all the kind of good stuff so let's start with the tempest storm meta report uh, so they have Tier 1, Handbuff Paladin, Darkly Warlock, Flame Waker Mage, and Rena Priest uh, rounding out Tier 1. And their Tier 2, uh, it's a pretty diverse, or, or large Tier 2 rather, uh, with Pirate Warrior, Seeker Mage, Odd Paladin, Discard Warlock, Mizaki Mage, Rena Lock, Big Priest, and then Murloc Shaman. So let's just start with Tier 1. Uh, we have the three decks that we've been talking about, no disagreements there. Um, but Rena Priest, do you think that's the fourth best deck in the metagame? Um, I mean, I don't even know if Flame Waker Mage is the top three deck. Uh, <laughs> oh, so I'm okay, already, okay. I'm already questioning things there. Um, and yeah, whether Rena Priest top four, uh, I don't know. Rena Priest is solid. I think, I think it's fine. Um, I think like the top two to me are Handbuff and Glare, and then everything else is sort of a little bit below that. I'm sure Secret Mage is still very good as long as there's a high APM population. I think always Secret Mage is always underrated a lot of the time. Um, that's my own personal opinion, and it's something that I feel like I see a lot. Because, you know, if it is 70% whatever favored into Flame Waker Mage, it's hard to see it being weak, right? Like, it mm -hmm. has to be good. Um, if there's that much a APM Mage. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, like, the Handbuff, Pally, and Dark Lair will look at the two clear standouts to me. And after that, I think, like, Pirate Warrior is very, very good. Um, but apart from that, everything else is all very... It makes sense. There's nothing jarring about this at all. Yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of was surprised at Rena Priest being top four deck because, I mean, okay. if you just look at those top three decks, Handbuff Paladin, Darkly Warlock, Flame Waker Mage, and then even go down a little bit further, Secret Mage and Odd Paladin and Mizaki Mage and, and Rena Lock, those are like 
really bad matchups for Rena Priest the majority of the time. Um, and so it, it felt a little bit jarring to see Rena Priest uh, at mm-hmm. you know the fourth as the fourth best stack in their report. I do think that you know Rena Priest is very good at beating up on all the unrefined jank that people are playing. So that might have had something to do with it, right? People that are just playing a myriad of aggro decks. Rena Priest, you know, yeah. it has Reno, it has Zeph, um, and and it beats those decks. Uh, but even with all of that, I'd struggle to call it, you know, a tier one deck when it's losing to everything else. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Reno Priest is definitely a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like like if I was to have to put a like a figure on it, I'd probably give it a low tier two kind of area. But again, I haven't bothered to make a tier list or anything myself, so you know, I'm just kind of guessing. Um. But yeah, Rainer Priest definitely doesn't feel as good. Um, maybe there's some room for refinement. You know, maybe there's something that we can do to change things. But yeah, like you're saying, the, the matchups just aren't really there right now, probably for the deck. Um, like, obviously, it bullies up on things like Pirate Warrior. Um, but for the majority of stuff, like, you know, Glare, Glare's like a close matchup as well. But then you look at things like Secret Mage and Flame Waker, and yeah, it, it's tough to see it being too dominant right now. Um, but probably a very solid choice yeah. still. Uh, and we'll talk about Rena Priest a lot later in the podcast. Make sure you guys stay tuned uh, for our discussion about Rena Priest and what's wrong and how to maybe fix it. Um, and then I want to talk about, like, you, you mentioned Flame Waker Mage. Let's let's go ahead and touch on this. You, you mentioned that you don't even think it's a top three deck in the metagame right now. And I don't I don't know if I would go as far as to say it's not like a... I have it in my top five. I have it as, like, the fifth best deck, personally. Um, but, like, I don't... You're hesitant about Flame Waker Mage and its power level. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I I think the Flame Waker Mage, um, like I've played it probably <laughs> like as much as anybody. I would say, if not more than anybody um, else, yeah, <laughs> probably more than like yeah than the majority of players. And so I feel very clued in at this stage. I think to the matchups and sort of mm-hmm. how the meta has changed, especially from like the sex the success that I was having very early. And then how that sort of leveled out a little bit over time. Um, so, like, the meta has generally gotten more hostile, I, I would say, towards the deck over time, where cult neophytes are now much more common. Mm-hmm. Um, the glare matchup as well. Glare was kind of gone for a bit because of tax paladin. Yep. But the glare matchup is not good for the mage, I would say. I think uh, I think that's a rough one for the mage. Um, slightly, slightly rough, but, like, still, still not, like, a favorable... Um, but in general, I think like the the entire format is just sort of very uh, aware of Flame Waker. Um, Lothab became a core, absolute, one hundred percent inclusion in Handbuff Paladin, where yeah. it wasn't. It just wasn't like two and a half, three weeks ago, and now it's everywhere. Um, and so yeah, just in general, like the deck is weak to disruption. It does have very clear counters. Like it has these very extreme polarizing matchups. And so when the meta adjusts to it, of course it gets weaker. I think it's still defining the format i would say i think that it's like the big thing that people have to think about um in everything they play but the fact that people are thinking about it is enough to you know knock it down a peg yeah so maybe not the go-to deck i think the reason that people have this you know illusion maybe that it's a top 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 tier deck in the format is because it feels really bad when you lose to it right because you kind of have no (laughs) chance it feels really bad and so it feels oppressive when you lose to it but i think a lot of people are just kind of forgetting that you know the the other side of the coin right when you're just playing a flame waker mage and you're getting smorked down by aggro because you didn't like have you know incantia flow into (laughs) incantia flow and then a kill on turn four right and so yeah 
there, there's the other side of the coin that I feel like a lot of people are not taking into account or like realizing that hey I'm seeing a lot of APM mage maybe I should give up on the uh, the greedy slow deck and just play something like a pirate warrior or a secret mage yeah um, and I'm not saying like the deck isn't strong mm -hmm. I like, obviously think it's good right I'm just saying that's not maybe the absolute one of the absolute best decks in the format um like in that top two or three so still strong um and yeah totally like insane right like when it pops off and it otks you on turn four it's hard not to walk away from that thinking this is bs like blizzard this has to be the most broken thing that's ever been in the game yeah. um and so i totally understand the sentiment but you know we're talking about averages here and i, I think like in general like i'm seeing a lot more secret mage in general like there's so much more secret mage that i've been playing against on stream mm -hmm. over the past uh like three or four streams that i've done i feel like it's popping up way more than it has ever um or at least for a very long time at the kind of ranks that i'm at as well because secret mage has always been you know poo-pooed it's always been like uh players haven't been super hyped about playing secret mage yeah at uh top 100 top 200 but i'm seeing a lot more of it nowadays i mean can we kind of talk about that like i i feel like a lot of high legend players kind of shy away from aggressive decks in general where like you don't see a ton of stuff like odd paladin and secret mage or even pirate warrior for that extent why do you think that is as somebody who's been there a lot longer than i have right i've just now venturing back up into the top 20 top 30 legend recently normally i've been hanging out at like rank 300 400 where you still see a ton of aggro but as you climb you see less and less of it why do you think that is like i don't think it's a matchup thing right because i'm seeing tons of stuff like flameworker wage uh like that aggro beats up on it's just you don't see people playing aggro yeah i mean um i, I think it's like two things right like the more dedicated player you are the more you probably want to engage with the decks that's challenging like the the types of players who play lots and lots and lots of hearthstone at a high level probably gravitate more often to different types of decks so dark glare is like a more interesting deck to me than secret mage for example like mm -hmm. if i had to pick two which i had to go which i had to play for a month and i think a lot of people feel that way um so like decks that are a lot more non-linear or decks that um give the illusion of choice or actual choice actual choice um an actual decision making or it feels like they give more decision making more power to you plays like that like players like agency um and so yeah this it's just like i think the player preference thing i do think obviously secret mage and decks like that do drop off they do drop off at higher ranks like they they perform slightly worse but i think it's always overrated and players probably drop them way too fast yeah uh, it's interesting you say agency because i feel like aggro decks are like the epitome of agency i guess agency in your decision making in the outcome maybe but i I don't know. I, I've been having a lot of success. Like, I have an 80% win rate with Discord Warlock this month. Like, like I feel like aggro yeah. decks still are just very, very good and underplayed. And I don't, I don't know if it's, like, an ego thing or, like, just a preference and, like, the people that I'm continuously queuing into just happen to be the people that love playing Dark Lair and Flame Waker Mage. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's a combination of both, but I think, at least, at least on NA, the decks are criminally underplayed. Yeah, I mean, it's always a combination of what do I like and yeah. what is the perception of its power it's just like those two things working together right and so like a lot of people either either underrate the deck and so the perception of it's not as good as so they don't play it um not saying they're right or wrong it's just they they might think that a deck isn't that good or, or they just don't like playing it because you always want to play a combination of what you think is good and what types of decks you like and so if a deck like secret mage just doesn't have the perception of being that strong then people aren't going to play it that much if they don't like it 
I don't know about you, but I like winning, and I think aggro decks are very good at winning. So <laughs> I'm just saying, NA ladder, you should be playing well, a lot more aggro. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. I, I have become the aggro noob of the podcast now. <laughs> do, do I have to get my full golden, like, Reno lock? Is that, are we just, like, flipping are the Are we trading? Here? Yeah, we'll just trade accounts, dude. Trade accounts. All right. Okay. Yep. I'm not not able to play any golden cards, right? That's your rule. You don't play any golden cards at all. Yeah, exactly. No, I got to get rid of them. I had to craft some more just because I uh, I didn't like the diamond very much. Diamond rag though looks kind of cool. Diamond rag, we got that announced. I'm excited. I I I didn't include that in today's news, but yeah, diamond rags and new portraits, cosmetics stuff. The butt. I'm I'm excited. All right, uh, let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the Chinese meta report list because this one was a lot more interesting to me because there were some some surprises i think uh weird stuff some weird stuff yeah okay uh but the chinese meta report list uh so the image i'm showing here is kind of like the translated version uh but they had flame waker mage is the best deck tier one followed by darkly warlock uh is the second best deck and then they have handpuff paladin is the third best deck but it's tied with baby zoo warlock or cute lock um and which was like, the first time... I, I played this way back in the day when Skullamance originally released with Gandling, right? Um, Shoutouts to uh, Kooky. Shoutouts to Kooky Bots. And then it kind of, like, fell off the face of the earth, and now it's back. And it's powered by the uh, the new Ritual of Doom, right? The zero mana, if you have five minions, kill it and make a 5-5. Five five. Um, I think it's that alongside the the discard draw engine with Malchazar Zimp and Hannah Gul'dan and the Expired Merchant. But this stick came out on the Chinese Meta Report, and I have seen it everywhere on NA Ladder. It's kind of, everybody's loving the, the super aggressive <laughs> Baby Zoo Warlock. The uh, baby Zoo. And this, this, this is the biggest surprise in Tier 1, but also kind of surprising. They have Reno's Secret Mage as the, the last deck at the bottom of Tier 1. And this is something that I am a big fan of. I've been playing Reno's Secret Mage. I'm running my own little twist on it because I'm running Pocket Galaxy. I know not everybody does that. Um, but mm-hmm. Reno's Secret Mage and Baby Zoo Lock coming out of the Chinese Meta Report as Tier 1. I, I really like the Reno Secret Mage. I am not 100% sold on the cute lock, but it has blown me out. I, I don't know about the power of that, but... I mean, what were your opinions about these two decks specifically, Baby Zoo and Reno Secret Mage? Um, I mean, Reno Secret Mage didn't really surprise me that much. Uh, like, it's almost tied in... Like, they have a score, right? They have, like, a 90 for Secret Reno Secret and 89 for Secret Mage, so they obviously, like, view them as about the same. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that's not really a shocker to me. I, I think probably normal Secret Mage is slightly better, but whatever. Um, but yeah, Reno Secret Mage, they probably just like it a lot uh, because it's a counter to Flame Waker. Mm-hmm. Um, because of Explosive Runes, Potion of Poly, and you know Ice Block, and you can run like Lothab and just be very disruptive like that. And so I'm sure it has a strong matchup there. Um, so I wasn't surprised personally to see that. But Baby Zoo, Baby Zoo, uh, yeah, that, that threw me off pretty hard. Um... Cute lock. Are we going with Baby Zoo or Cute Lock? It's, it's actually, Cute Lock. 100%. I really, I really like, I really like the name Baby Zoo. I no, mean, that dude, sounds... it's, the OG name is Cute Lock. You can't just rename it because you like another name better. All right, that's just not how it works. What okay, if I legally kind of, change kind of it? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly how it works. Um, but no, okay. So Cute Lock. We'll go with Cute Lock. Um, what did Cute Lock get? Really, it just got the the zero mana make a five five, right? The the bane of bane of doom. Is that what? No, what's it called? Ritual of, of doom. I think it's called. Ritual of Doom, Bane yeah. of Doom, something different. Um, <laughs> is that that's all it got though? Yeah, I believe from, from so. Mm. Interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, the the deck has been popping up a lot more. Um, like I said, it's destroyed me a couple times. It's so 
it's so weird. I haven't really <laughs> had the chance to play it myself. Um, I have seen some HS Freeplay stuff on it, and it looks promising. Like, it looks good. Um, need more games and stuff, obviously, to see just how good that really is. But yeah, it, I mean, it looks solid. I don't know if it's quite this good, but I mean... It'll be it'll be very funny if penguins and tiny fins take over ladder. I'd like to see that, dude. I that's a wild ladder that I would die to see. Like I that would be amazing, and that's that's when you know the wild format has peaked, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean zero amount of cards equal good. I mean it's just a matter of time, right? I will say my big qualm is that now that cute luck is finally meta, there's no gandling and no hobgoblins, which is really yeah. sad. Yeah, what do you think about that? Um... Do you think that's even correct to to like cut out the hobgoblins and things well, like that? I will say I watched Raffle play a ton of this deck, um, at like lower legend ranks, and I played a couple games of it. I without the the gambling and the hobgoblins, the deck becomes very much centered on like, do you draw merchant to hand equal Dan? Because if you don't, mm-hmm. then your deck kind of sucks, <laughs> right? You run out of gas, and then your like big threats are making a five five and hoping that carries you. Or making a board of 1-1s and 0-2s and 1-3s and playing uh, Wicked Whispers and hoping that's enough to stick. The thing is, is like, you ask the question super early in the game, right? You make that board on turn 2, turn 3, and you kind of, mm-hmm. like, force an answer. Which reminds me a lot of Aggro Druid, right? And Aggro Druid right. kind of fell off once the reader was nerfed. Um, so it gives me Aggro Druid vibes. But the fact that it's so hit or miss makes me really want to consider stuff like Gandling or the Hobgoblins, right? I was watching Raffle stream, and, like, the Zeph feels, like, completely unnecessary. I know you draw through your deck a ton, but it's getting super reliant on you hitting the Merchant into Handicle Dan combo. And I don't know what the stats say on Zeph in that deck, but it's not surprising. Like, it's never satisfying for me to play, like, see Zephs in those decks because it just... So many times it bricks, and it's just a dead card. Um, but maybe you do commit to the high roll. And I also am not a huge fan of the the eggs. Like, people are running bone boneweb eggs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not super sold on those either. So maybe there is a little bit of refinement to be had within the class. And, like, it's... It, again, it's so weird to me. Like, no hobgoblins, at least. Like, hobgoblins and broomsticks, right? feel like they should be great in this kind of deck, and there's no broomsticks. And so... I yeah. do think that the, this is not the optimal list, like the list from this meta report, and that people are net decking. Um, but I do think it's really, really cool that like the deck has finally taken off after all these years, and it's exciting to to maybe mess around with some some lists and, and refine it further. Yeah, you're mentioning the stats. Uh, I, I looked up what Zephyrus is doing here. It's like running patches, except if you had no pirates in your deck. That's currently what Zeph is doing. Yep. So, um, Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a Bloodfen Raptor. Uh, so if you're into that, then feel free to keep playing it. But yeah, um, I think, like like you're saying, once this deck gets a little bit refined, there might be some room to do stuff. Um, you know, we have one one card slot at least opened. Like, we're at least cutting Zeph. We know that much. Uh, and so we'll see what else we can do with those other, other options. But yeah, um, I mean, this is the type of deck, though, that can definitely... That feels as though it's kind of what a board flood aggro deck needs to be in wild. Like mm-hmm. like you said, aggro druid. Very, very similar vibes to aggro druid, um, like you said. And so, yeah, I can see it filling that sort of niche and uh, being good moving forward. Yeah, just vomit onto the board and then have insane refill. Like, I I do think that the merchant hand equal then, like, combo is, like, as reliant as they are on each other, I think it's just such a strong card draw engine that I feel like you kind of have to center your deck around it, which means, like, 
I, I was when I was messing around with this initially, I was running some like uh, Hemet plus Nero combo, which was yeah, it was a little bit too cute, but it it was a little bit too cute. Luck. Yeah. yeah, too cute for cute luck even. Um, yeah, but I, I do think that there there's some nice things that you can do like with those additional card slots that you open up if you cut Zeph, if you cut the eggs, um, maybe you cut. Uh, maybe you cut soul fires, but those probably are still pretty good. I don't. I don't know. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but I, I definitely want to try out hobgoblins plus broomstick or gandling plus broomsticks because I think just that combination of cards when you're making yeah. a board for zero mana that has a bunch of stats, broomstick is just kind of broken in that. Um, and dude, what about like crab riders with hobgoblin? You know, like why aren't we shoving crab, crab riders in this deck too? <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's get some uh, POs in there. Power yeah. of Whelming, some Crab Rider. That sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I'm sure like the current list, is, like it's built this way, I think, without Hobgoblins because they want to open up Expired into Bone Web Egg. Like that is probably the thinking. Um, but if we get rid of the eggs, maybe the Hobgoblins and things like that are just stronger. So yeah, damn. All right, there it is. I'm on a mission. We're going to try and build cute lock properly <laughs> i know all what right. i'm trying season to hit legend season. with right yep <laughs> yeah season reset there it is all right first, okay uh, first plan we've talked a lot about cute lock uh i kind of want to circle back up to this meta report as a whole um yeah. they have flame waker as the best deck i know we've talked about this and we don't necessarily agree with that um but i want to talk a little bit about their tier two uh so because there's a couple surprises in here uh some significant differences from the tempo storm report and na ladder um so their tier two, uh, I'm just going to read them out in order and we can talk about some specific decks. Uh, so they have Cube Warlock and Secret Mage tied at an 89 score. They have Kingsbane Rogue and Murloc Shaman as 88s. They have Mazaki Mage as an 86. Reno Priest, Big Priest, Reno Galaxy Mage filling out tier two. And then they have Celestial Alignment, Malaga's Druid just kind of wrapping up the bottom of their tier two. I want to start off Cube Lock, top of tier two. Uh, I know you and I have had this discussion we think cubes are way too slow uh, right now, um, and we've—I know—I've been gravitating towards the control warlock that you kind of popularized, slash, like opened the door on. Hey, you know, you don't have to run cubes, and I've kind of really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have cube lock at, at the top of two two. What are you thinking about that? Um, I really haven't looked at like cube slash control warlock. I mean, we should just—should we just call it cube lock? Whatever. Um, even without the cubes, we can just call it cube lock. Um, like, the list that is still the most popular, I think, is the one that I posted, which has, like, Farwatch posted it. And <laughs> we shouldn't be playing Farwatch post anymore now, it's a 2-3, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, I'd be happy to, like, kind of dig into cube lock a little bit. Something that I, I, I would also be thinking about would be, like, a cube Reno Warlock. Um, mm. like, sort of hybridizing that a little bit. I think that could be, like, an interesting approach. Uh, kind of bridge the gap with how many... How many like redundant cards that you have now? Whether it's like Mistress Venda or you know like Dark Skies Asteria or uh, you know just like things like that. I think I think that could be like an interesting way to go about it if you want to build like a hybrid version. So Cube Lock currently up that high though. I really haven't seen that much Cube Lock on on ladder since the like nerfs basically, and so I can't really comment on it too much to be honest. Yeah, it was just very surprising to me because I mean when you're looking at the top. You know, they're, they're tier one. Flame Waker, Dark Glare, Hand Buff, Reno Secrets. I mean, I, I don't know anything about the matchup spread of Q-Lock, so I can't really speak to that. But it feels <laughs> like those decks are very good into Q-Lock, right? Especially when 
the other decks surrounding cube block and power level are secret mage mizaki mage and king's vein rogue as well as two priests well, so I, I can see cube block doing very well into hand buff paladin because hand buff paladin okay struggles against like big priest right and so uh cube warlock having those like massive taunts and plague of flames um hmm. i can see that possibly being like a favorable matchup as well um obviously flame waker mage is going to be rough but even like dark layer warlock i think dark layer warlock's probably fine as well with like double hysteria in the deck now that and double armor vendor if you want to go like a traditional cube block um i think that matchup might even be slightly favorable so that might be where you're seeing some of this come through where it looks okay into glare looks okay into hand buff that's probably like a pretty big portion of the meta right there. I will say the cards that you're mentioning, like that are getting into those decks though, do not involve cube. And so maybe you just need to like repeat your message in Chinese so that, you know, hey, you, yeah. you guys don't have to run cubes, right? Um, I mean, maybe. I mean, like I am, uh, that was an experiment. It seemed to go pretty good though. The deck, mm -hmm. like, the deck looked like it was doing pretty well uh, without the cubes. So I might have to revisit. Turns out it's going to be visiting Warlock class a whole lot. It seems like we are actually switching roles here, Meow. <laughs> um, I, I will also say that the big downside of going from cubes to control warlock, in my opinion, is that you lose percentage points against LPG mage, like Reno Galaxy yep. mage, and you lose points against Reno Walk. But how popular yep. are those matchups that you really want the cubes, right? I think that's the big thing. Even even against Odd Warrior, I include one expired merchant in my control warlock, and it hasn't really felt like an issue. So, yeah. I. I, I yeah, maybe we re-experiment with cubes back in our deck, but there has been very little upside to the cubes, in my opinion, to warrant like the dead card, right? I've been running Rats and Lothab instead um, over the watch post, and they've been great. So, Alright, uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about is, is Kingsbane Rogue. Um, so Kingsbane Rogue, I don't know what version that they posted in the Chinese meta report. I don't have that in front of me right now, but I know... Um, Blue Train and, and Martian and Pendragon, I believe, um, have been kind of champion championing a, a Kingsman list, uh, you know, or revamped post Nitro Boost nerf. Uh, and I know Alb, uh, God, I don't remember the numbers after Alb, but Alb, the the guy who just Alb Alb world champion. Uh, yeah, he's the first wild open champion. Um, <laughs> he's got. I know he has a nine in his name somewhere. Uh, Alb plus numbers, the first wild open champion. Uh, hit legend this. <laughs> this month actually like two hours ago uh with king's main rogue uh which is pretty sick i know so the big kind of difference is that people are cutting a lot of the pirates and they're cutting the nitro boost poisons uh so eviscerates are back in wicked stabs are back in and then stuff people have been running stuff like uh what's the name silver leaf poison the one that yeah, like silver leaf when you attack you yeah. draw a card people are running like paralytic poison as like a one-off split on both of those cards. The Swindles are back in the list. So there, there has been some re-experimentation with the class, I think mainly because the super aggressive Kingsbane list feel like they're pretty good into Darkly Warlock and Handbuff Paladin, and they might be fast enough to get underneath Flame Waker Mage. Um, and so I think that's why you're seeing this resurgence of the class. But I'm interested in what you think about some of these new builds uh, specifically. Yeah, I, I played a little bit of Kingsbane, um, and it didn't go so hot. <laughs> it really didn't go so great. Um, I, I when I was like going through and building it though, um, I, like I've pulled up the list here from Marsha that he posted, um, a bit over a week ago on Twitter. It almost the exact same deck the, that I had, where I, I I went to like double Silverleaf Poison. Um, I couldn't fit in like both the Vis Rates and the Wicked Stabs, although I was very tempted to. 
Um, because when you have that much burn, right? Like burn synergizes with burn. That's the idea. Yeah. Like the more like turning, sending someone from twelve to eight doesn't matter as much as sending for someone from twelve to zero. Um, so like when you have wicked and eviscerate, the amount of burn that you have over the top. I even tried to fit in like sinister strikes as well. Just make it like completely obscene in terms of how over the top you could go. Um, but yeah, like what to do with Kingsbane Rogue in general? It, it, it's kind of tough. Um, whether you want to go like a ship's cannon route as well. Like, I really don't know, to be honest, um, what to do with Kingsbane. Ever since, like, the Nitro Boost nerf happened, uh, it feels a little off. I, I do think the Blade Flurry is probably a clear bait, I would say. Um, Blade Flurry is probably tempting because there's the idea that it can be a counter to things like Glare, and having AoE in a, in a rogue deck seems really promising. But I would assume that it's probably not that worthwhile. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I don't know. There's a couple like divergent paths. You can probably go like full ship's cannon with like the fog booter uh, or the fog sail free booter, or you can make it like more burn oriented. But yeah, I haven't really played enough of both versions. I just lost when I played it, to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> I just lost a lot of games. Yeah, I, I, I've been messing around with a little bit with like its resurgence. I, I'm running like the double eviscerate, double swindle, double wicked stab, kind of like making it into a burn deck. Um, like you've been mm -hmm. mentioning, um, I I did not like Silverleaf poisons because it felt like with double swindle, double cutting class, double raiding party, double secret passage, you have enough card draw already, and like hitting a Silverleaf poison instead of something like a swindle or a raiding party just like it's so much more of a dead draw, um, and it felt really bad. Of course, like when you pop off with like Kingsbane into like you know deadly poison into prep Silverleaf poison on turn two, it feels really really insane. But I feel like you know how much worse is it going to be if you just, like, were prep swindling instead? And, like, swindle is a much better card on its own than I think a Silverleaf Poison. But in general, like, I, I've been... It's been okay for me. Um, I, I strayed away from the Pirates because Simuro is a card and Crab Rider is a card, and just those two make me sad when I'm running Pirates, you know? Um, but, like, it, it felt okay. It just didn't feel good, uh, which was my main thing. And I I was really sad to see that because I love me some Kingsman Rogue. Um... But I, I think the poisons, at least paralytic poison, feels like bait. Silverleaf poison might not be. But I think like the wicked stabs and eviscerates feel good. Um, but not as good as nitro boost poison, and I kind of want that back. I mean, there's always, there's always a chance that we can go full standard, right? Like, we have poison rogue and standard, which is kind of like a very similar concept. Um, except it runs things like Cloak of Shadows. It just tries to be as uninteractive as possible. <laughs> Um, it, and makes it more, it's all about just like buffing the weapon and just ignoring the opponent's stuff completely. Um, and maybe, maybe we look at that, like we try a Cloak of Shadows, maybe even like Evasion. Like that's one, that's an entirely different kind of deck where Flurries are probably quite strong maybe in that thing. But yeah, there's also like that potential approach. I will say I tried Octobots. This mm. is one last thing. I tried Octobots in the deck. because so I thought, oh, maybe it's really good didn't feel very good <laughs> like i thought i thought it'd be fine as a two drop but often with the amount of like zero cost cards and how air like often your hand was just air but the mm -hmm. octobots didn't really feel like they dealt that much or they did that much yeah i was i played against somebody running octobots in their kingsman list and i was just like okay well i'm just gonna ignore this and and kill you because you have two cards in hand so how like how bad can this be you know yeah um, so it feels very much like you're playing off the top with the Kingsbane, right? Which is maybe why Silverleaf Poison could be okay, but eh.
I think I like Silver Leaf as in general. I just I didn't. For me, it felt really. Maybe it was my small sample size of the games, but it felt really awkward to me when I didn't have like the Kingsman on turn one or turn two, or I didn't have a. Oh, prep. Just, have, so, just have the Kingsman. Just have the Kingsman. Okay, I'm not as good as you, Corbett. Okay, that's that's not how it works. Um. Okay, but yeah, that that wraps up our Kingsman. I think. Is there anything else you want to talk about the in the Chinese meta report list uh, that stood out to you? No, I think I think we've covered the most interesting stuff. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, so we're going to move on to our, our decks of the week, but we're going to do this a little bit different. Normally, we talk about some deck lists and how to play them and, and stuff that we're just excited to play. Um, but I think it, it'd be more interesting for us to at least continue the discussion about uh, some of these decks. So we've talked about some cute lock. We've talked about Kingsbane Road and about you know some experimentation that's been happening with the list and some card choices uh, and why that they might be good and... and you know what are the results of some experimentation i kind of want to extend this a little bit further um so for those of you guys that don't know a for mage basically the goal of this deck it's very reminiscent of exodia mage right where you were you play a quest right the what is it the time warp quest i don't remember the name of time it warp, yeah. open the way, open gate. The way gate. there you go uh it's been so long since i've seen it right oh mm. um but then it, it plays very similarly to apm mage like in the early to mid game, right? You're looking for card draw, you're looking for encanter's flow. It's just the way that you're ending the game is very different. Um, so the goal of the deck is to play Sork Apprentice and then copy the Sork Apprentice with either discounted Molten Reflections or Potion Evolutions. Uh, and essentially you want to get out at least four Sork Apprentices, discount all your spells by a whole bunch, you play an Evocation, complete your quest, cast a free Time Warp, and then... The next turn, you play the Antonidas and chuck infinite fireballs and, and do whatever you kind of want. Um, I don't know if you've played this. I haven't played it myself. I've played a lot uh, against a lot of it. But what are some of the, you know, the matchups that the style of deck is better into? What is it worse into? Why why play a farm mage? Okay, so it's very similar. Like it's a lot closer to Mizaki, I think, than mm -hmm. APM. So all of a sudden, you're looking at improvements and things like the glare matchup compared to APM. Um, as for the difference between between Mizaki and this, I, um, I I really don't know what the clear differences are. Um, I haven't really got a great grasp of that yet. Um, something that's sort of a little bit different about Aether Mage. I keep on wanting to call it Aether because there's a there's a streamer called Aether. Um, but yes, Aether. Um, Aether Mage. So it doesn't have any removal. Basically, is the thing. So. Something when playing against it is that uh, it's not running like devolving missiles. It's not running frost bolts or anything. So if you're in like a mirror, like an APM mage versus Aether mage uh, matchup, you can just drop a Luna on three, and there's literally nothing they can do about it. Or you can drop a Flame Waker on three, and there's nothing they can do about it. So I really think this deck has weaknesses, um, especially when the opponent knows exactly what it is, rather than mm -hmm. just thinking, "Oh, what's this weird quest mage deck? I, I don't understand what this is." Um, knowing that you can just sort of tempo threats out like that. But yeah, the deck, um, it has like insane scam potential. Um, but I guess so does Mizaki. So really, I'm struggling to figure out like why exactly you'd be playing this over Mizaki. Um, kind of tough. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be just because you miss Antonidas Exodia Mage, right? Because you have a lot more dead cards than Mizaki Mage. And like Mizaki Mage can already do obscene amounts of damage, right? So you can get through odd warriors you can get through druid so like for me it feels like there's no upside like to, to playing a for mage other than like you know i mean it's chalk infinite fireballs right yeah yeah 
Um, but competitively, I like. I, I think you said he he reached top ten legend uh, with the Sunny yeah. uh, with the deck. But like, I'm sure if he was playing Mizaki or APM, it would have been like a very similar result. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a uh, for those of you guys that are listening. I think it's a it's a fun deck. Like if you want to play Exodia Mage, like it's it's competitive. It wins games. It works. But if you like are looking purely competitively, I don't think that there is any reason to play this deck over something like Mizaki. Uh, and so the next deck that we're going to talk about is uh, is Handbuff Warriors. So this was a deck that I think was originally popularized by Romanu, um, and he he built it very much as like. A mirror to, to Handbuff Paladin, where buff a bunch of Robosh minions, control the board with tempo, and then finish the game with some burst damage. Um, and I know you had a version that of Handbuff Warrior with stuff like Corcrons and a little bit more burst, but you also have like a Galakron shell for the deck, which is what I've been playing uh, a lot more of. But basically, this deck really utilizes the new cards of uh, conditioning. Right, this is like the the weaker version, or sometimes a little bit stronger of Smuggler's Run. Um, in combination with Rush Minions like Crab Rider, uh, Warrior, you get stuff like Rakara and uh, Stage Dive and Town Criers and uh, Parade Leaders, which I guess is a neutral card, but really only sees play in Warrior. Um, so it plays kind of similarly to, to Hand Buff Paladin. There's a lot less burst, but I feel like, especially in the Galakron shell, there's just a lot more, a lot more board control. Um, and you have you have the burst via the, the invokes, right? But I think this deck is... It might have originally started off as a meme with Romani, but I think the deck is legit. Like, I played some of the Galakron Handbuff Warrior, and it feels really, really good. I don't know how much of that is Crab Rider being broken, um, <laughs> yeah. or and Samura being broken, uh, but it feels like a legitimate deck. Yeah, um, I think that the... Between the two, I think, like, between the the Romanus build and my build, they look like they're doing about the same. But I think the, the normal one, the non-Galacrom build, probably has a little bit more upside. Um, I think there's a little bit more room for refinement in that deck. And compared to the Galacrom, where, like, I don't really know where any improvement comes from the Galacron deck. Um, like, you're kind of just trapped playing a certain amount of in, the invoke cards and things mm -hmm. like that, and it's kind of tough. Um, whereas the... The handbuff version, um, we have like a very good direction, right? We have like a great blueprint right now because of standard, where Rush Warrior is one of the absolute best standard decks um, currently in the format there, where it does really, really well into other aggressive stuff in particular. Um, has a very like well-rounded matchup spread. And you see the same kind of thing here in Wild, where the deck, obviously with the amount of Rush and things like that, it's very strong into keeping, you know, aggressive decks off board, uh, just making smart value trades. And like you were saying, conditioning, Conditioning is like nuts. <laughs> Conditioning is so strong. It's kind of crazy how hard we slept on that that card, just because I, I guess the thinking was that a like a hand buff on turn five was just not that good mm -hmm. um, because of how late it came out. But it turns out actually really strong when you when you pair it with all these rush cards. Yeah, I, I think the reason that I I know you said it has more upside than the Galakron version, which may be true. Um, I don't know. There's something about like. Seven attack, eight attack, Scion of Ruins without buffing oh, them. With, I mean, that's why. Like the Scion yeah. is why I wanted to build at Galakron because those cards are nuts with things like Stage Dive and uh, all the all the buffs like Parade Leader. Parade Leader Scion is mm -hmm. disgusting. Yeah, I, 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 I will try out. I haven't tried out much of the pure hand buff stuff. I will say I tried out Romanu's build, lost a lot, 
shout outs to, to Romano, what a what a terrible deck he gave me. But then I played the Galakron version of the deck and I won a lot. So maybe I'm a little bit biased because of my small experience that one day playing the deck, but I don't know. I maybe 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 it is better than Galakron. I haven't tried out your version of the of the hand buff warrior. It just it, like you mentioned though, Galakron Warrior has always felt like a deck that has a super kind of consistent matchup spread. It just was like was never really good into anything, and so there was never really like a reason to play it. Right, like the mm-hmm. meta never really called for it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think this whole package, though, right, of conditioning plus crab riders plus parade leaders plus stage dive plus tank rider, all that kind of good stuff. I think it's a very very strong shell. Whether it ultimately ends up being strong in the Galakrond or a pure Rush Warrior style of deck, I think we'll see, right? We have a new month now, more time to, to experiment with stuff that's not APMH. Uh, and so maybe maybe Hand Buff Warrior actually becomes like a legitimate deck in the format. Yeah, uh, I think like the the current things that are kind of holding back the, the, the present build would be things like Battle Rage. Uh, I'm sure Battle Rage is kind of an underperforming card because it always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, in every deck that's ever wanted to play it, except risky skipper decks, and so the fact that it's it's in here, like I understand the theory, right? You have these buff rush cards. You think that you're going to be able to like make value trades and then battle rage. I think it's probably a lot simpler to just like play an acolyte of pain. I was about to say, scales, yeah, buff an acolyte, which, make a three five. Yeah, like which scales well with conditioning anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's also things like maybe maybe like Watley. Uh, like Watley is in the standard version, and there's a lot of like good mechs and things that we can hit. Um, you know, mechs and pirates, and uh, I mean, like I don't know what we can do with dragons, but I'm sure there's some like different approaches that we can take um, that, that just like give the hand buff version a little bit more upside. Like I think the big thing is the, the amount of like from hand burst that you have with the with the 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 hand buff version, especially mm-hmm. if we look at things like Leroy. Like Leroy is also not in Romano's version, but I feel like it's probably a good fit, especially with the Bloodsworn Mercenary package. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, like, right now, though, the decks are both sold. Like, I had a good time with Galakrim Warrior. I played, like, 35, 40 games with it. Um, really solid win rate at, like, top 20, top 10 legend. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, like, another another one of these off-meta options that we've been talking about, uh, like, earlier in the uh, in the pod. Um, I don't know if it'll get traction, though, right? It's, it's just got that damn odd rogue problem where it feels fair-ish, yeah. and it's probably just worse than the elite version of this deck, which would be Hand Buff Paladin. Yeah. And so if you want to be a hipster, though, if you want to play something different, you want to, like, test out and experiment and play something different that's yours and, you know, try and refinement, I mean, this is a great place to go because not many people are playing this. And, uh, yeah, big shout-out to Romano for uh, his success as well uh, this past season. Uh, I just want to finish this off. I was You mentioned Watley, and I was just thinking about Watley. So you've got Zilliax from X. You've got Tent... Tent Trashers for, for Dragons, right? Mm-hmm. Which you're discounting if you're playing all this other junk anyways. What Pirates do you run, though? That's the question, right? Do you ever just run, like, oh. the First Mate package with patches and stuff? I mean, I mean people play... Romano's deck currently has Deck Hands, Anchor, uh, Sword Eater, um, and... Oh, count, and okay. the, you don't need to make it a Rush Minion. Yeah. A Sky Raider. A Sky okay. Raider, yeah. So it doesn't need to be rushed. Sorry, I was thinking about like, do we just want the five minute four or five pirate with rush and frenzy? Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't need to draw a rush card. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, how okay, how good is that card though? I when we when it was spoiled, so this is the five minute four or five rush frenzy draw card with pirate tag. I was considering running him in Pirate Warrior before we saw yeah. the the Outriders axe. And once we saw the axe, I was like, okay, we don't need we don't need this, but how good do you think that card is? Do you think it's being slept on, maybe? 
A little bit. Um, I think the Pirate Warrior, like, the, the current build that's the most popular is the one that was just theorycrafted, right? Like, it's the one that I put together, it caught on early, all the cards look fine, no one seemed to want to change anything, um, except for, like, Leroy over Crag, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, like, the, the theorycrafted list looks fine, and there's not really an experimenting going on, but something that I would want to try is cutting the 2-1 the Pirate that makes your weapons cost less, the uh, Blood Sail... Deckhand. Deckhand? Yeah, sure. Bloodstale Deckhand, that <laughs> one, yeah. Uh, you cut that and the axe, and then you run Town Crier and the 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 new anchor pirate, the 5-4, 4-5 rush guy. Um, the idea of that is basically, look, we have three rush targets now because of Rakara. Rakara's broken. Town Crier's broken. We kind of fixed some draw problems with the, uh, you know, the rush pirate anyway. So maybe that's just a better package than Outrider's Axe. We're all already kind of like swamped with weapons. Uh, I think that's like a, a change that people might want to try is making that four card swap. So Blood Sail and Axe out and Town Crier and Anchor in. Yeah. If I wasn't in love with the current 30 cards of Pirate Warrior, I would definitely experiment with it myself. But I don't know. The 30 cards <laughs> that we theory crafted at the beginning have just been like amazing yeah. for me. Um, and so. Yeah. But I will say, you know. For those of you guys that are climbing, try it out. Let us know down in the comments below how, how it feels. Because I will I will agree with you. Rakara nuts. Like, absolutely broken. I don't know how... Yeah. Like, Do you think it's going to get nerfed in standard, maybe? Because that card seems like it might be taken over standard. I don't know. No. Um, like like I said, Rush War is really strong. But I, I think Crab Rider. Like, I think once you nerf Crab Rider, that'll <laughs> probably make Rakara less of a, a concern. Because right now, Crab Rider is kind of doing a lot. Like, a lot of work in that format. Salt, and salt in our format. Worth, like, yeah, I mean, formats. they did say last week, right, in his Q&A, they're not looking at it, right? They, it might have changed this week when they were talking about some nerfs, but they weren't looking <laughs> at it, which is really Things scary. <laughs> yeah. Alright, two more decks that I want to talk about. I know we're running a little bit long on time here, but Rena Priest. I know there's been one person at like High Legend NNA that's been playing this heal version of Rena Priest. And by heal, I mean they're running Desperate Prayer, they're running Renew, and they're running Binding Heal, all in order to make Zyrella work. Um, and I think Zyrella is the card that I want to talk about because, in my opinion, when this got released, I was just like, okay, yeah, but how are you getting the healing for this to be relevant, right? In the mid-game when it matters. Um mm -hmm. And I, my opinion on that still kind of remains the same. Um, and I, my hesitation has always just been, yeah, I think Zyrella is good in Rena Priest, but like the support cards that you have to run in order to enable her always feel kind of meh. Renew was always one of the worst cards in the old Rena Priest list. Um, Binding Heal, like, feels really meh. Uh, like, it does not feel good at all. Uh, Desperate Prayer, I know you were kind of high on this. Or maybe not high on this, but like, hey, don't sleep on this during expansion season. Zero mana heal five. It's probably the better, uh, the best of the three options, but I don't know. I keep getting blown up by Zarella, so I, I'm reevaluating my card choices, but like, I'm still holding back on the like, eh, the other, like the three cards you have to run feel really, really bad. Yeah. Um, like, Zarella, it's so hard to fit everything into Reno Priest right now. Like, that mm -hmm. list is just so stupidly tight like even without the Zyrella package just trying to build like a normal 30 mm -hmm. it's it, it takes like a lot <laughs> like I ended up I was considering cutting things like Potion of Madness because I just couldn't figure that, out a way to do that's everything. madness um, that's madness yeah wow Jesus, <laughs> I was 
stepping on my toes here. Um, but yeah, Zyrella. Um, Zyrella was obviously busted. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's just a matter of like, can you finish the amount? Can, can you find the amount of support that you need for it? Because there's no other card that really works with this healing stuff, right? There's cleric, which works kind of with things like binding, heal, and renew, but not really. And pyromance is a thing you can try if you want to go like circle of healing, but that doesn't seem like it's it necessarily. Um, but the question, I guess, just becomes like, do you even need that much support? Like, is it just fine to run some of these default good cards? Desperate Prayer, even if you're not playing Zyrella, that card might just be good enough in Reno Priest. Like, Desperate Prayer, people aren't really playing that. I, It just seems solid. Like, zero mana heal five, it's a really good counter into Glare, I think, where, it, you know, it makes a nice health swing for you and it sort of shuts down their health, right? You, you heal them up for five, is massive. And, but, uh, like, even with Zyrella, that one single card just makes Zyrella deal 10 damage. Like, 10 it's insane um and so yeah i think like even if you just have renew uh renew desperate prayer and maybe one other card you don't need to go like full healing with circle of healing or anything um but that might be enough to make zarela just worthwhile um but it's hard to get everything in arena priest the card does seem busted though whenever it's played against me i'm like holy shit that did so much uh so yeah yeah i don't know my 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 hesitation was always like, okay, if I don't hit the Raza on five, then I need the combination with these other cards, and like, I I honestly I'll admit I was sleeping on Desert Prayer. I didn't think it was going to be like super impactful in the format. Renew always was like really mediocre in the list to begin with, so I was like, I'm okay cutting it because now we have like Talon and some other cards. Um, I don't know, like. <sighs> I still have hesitation. I haven't played it myself, right? Like because I can't figure out how to <laughs> how to fit the package. How to do it? Yeah, um, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And so it, it might be worth considering though. Like it, it's even harder now though because you're like being forced to run stuff like Dirty Rats and Elusia now because of all the APM Mage. Um, so I, I I will say, experiment with this card, guys. Though it's Zyrella itself. She is Omega busted. If you can get her out on turn four, turn five, she wins games. It's very similar to like Reno. Right or a polk out where like if you play this, you blow somebody out and you win the game. <laughs> it's kind of disgusting. Um, but I do not know what the best thirty cards for this deck is. Um, and like the the list that I kept getting blown out with, I don't think was optimal. Right, so I'm not just saying hey like net deck that's one person, but it might be a start. Um, but yeah, I mean Zyrella Arena Priest like. Arena Priest might be needing to undergo some sort of renaissance, right? Because we lost, kind of lost. Penflinger, um, and, and the meta might not be super favorable for it, and so maybe Zyrella is the you know the renaissance that it needs. And then the last deck, I want to talk about this secret mage that has come out of the Asian servers, that's cutting fireballs and cutting occult conjurers and running Bran and Kazakis and Lotheb instead. Um, it, I do not like it. I, I think I've made my opinions on this deck very clear. I think I, I don't think Kazakis is a bad card. I just don't think it has enough of an impact in our format to make it worth cutting fireballs. Um, and, I, and I know people are always talking about like fireballs might be the worst performing cards in the list. I looked up the most popular list on HS Replay today. It Yes, it's the worst card, but not by like any significant margin at all. Right? So like it's the weakest drawn win rate card, but by like 0.5%. Um, and so fireballs and 8.8s in a tempo deck just like feel good and Kazakis and Brand kind of aren't high tempo 
and it, it just it feels really bad to me. I know you've been playing the deck with Kazakis. I don't know if you have some insights on the deck and like has your mind been changed about this deck or are you like, you know, on board to like bring back fireballs? Yeah, I'm sort of just getting a feel of it, right? Like I'm happy to test it. Uh, the thing about like fireball drawn win rate is that it'll always have a very low win rate in Secret Mage because like it's a high costed finisher that isn't kept in Mulligan in an aggressive deck, so it'll inherently just always be pushed down. Um, so a- another thing that that I should mention as well is that a couple of people asked about because the the HS replay win rate, the HS replay win rate for this um like Mancrick Secret Mage is absolutely busted, and it's been going down a little bit over time. But the thing to remember is that people who are playing this deck are people who are like attuned enough to go out of their way to look up a Chinese meta report and like look at the deck list and then net deck it. Um, and so it's kind of like a very specific population that are probably stronger than the average player that they're playing against, um, especially because the report wasn't translated at the time where a mm-hmm. lot of these games are being collected. Um, so that's just something I should mention. But yeah, as for like the cards and stuff, uh, I thought Mancrick could be really quite solid um bran i think is probably just trash would be my expectation uh so man Crick, i think you can just look at in secret mage as a whole is it good enough i'm not sure i mean man Crick isn't busted in standard in a lot of these decks that have heavy draw secret mage obviously does have heavy draw and it doesn't have really powerful three plays that aren't just kieran tor there's kind of like a little bit of a gap there where it, like if you don't have the kieran tor you can kind of get stuck this podcasting a secret sometimes so mm-hmm. having a minion to play out there with man Crick, seems reasonable um but is kazakas worth it over like the occult and fireball it's mostly just like do you have the card slots i think (laughs) like i i I think it's more about like weighing up whether kazakas is just like better than running less of these other cards um just because like the cults require more secrets and they just take on more card slots same with fireball anyway long story short I think that the Cult and Fireball deck is probably better, I would say. Um, I think that having that burst finishing is probably important. You lose out a little bit probably against, like, hand buff pally by running Fireballs and not running more minions. Like, things like Kazakas are probably better in that situation. Um, but I think just running, like, a Cult and Fireballs are probably preferable. Also, I think on the topic of Secret Mage, I really have liked one Potion of, Man- uh, potion of Polymorph in the Secret slots. Um, and Oasis Ally, I haven't really got a good feel of whether Oasis Ally is that good or not. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's kind of a weird list right now. In the, in the current metagame, not a fan of Oasis Ally. What I've been doing is I've been doing double rig, double counter. Um, what's the other two of? Explosive. And then I've been doing mm-hmm. like uh, one Netherwind. And like I keep wavering back and forth on the potion of uh, Polly and, and an Ice Block. Um because I feel like they kind of do similar things. Like, they hit the same matchup um, a little bit, where, like, Block might also just be a little bit better into Dark Lair. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think... I, I am all on board. Like, I, I've played a little bit of it, and I've played a lot against the Kazakus Secret Mage, and it feels like... The moment I see the Kazakus come down, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm okay being at 10 HP, because they can't kill me here. And, like... Yeah. Which makes the deck, I feel like, a lot worse. Because, um, like, part of the... the difficulty of playing around secret mage is like evaluating all right well i mean i have to proc the counter spell and then clear the board so i can't heal so should i just heal or should i just try to clear the board and hope i'm not dead and like you just kind of remove that whole kind of question that's asked when you play secret mage and i i'm very vocal about this 
and I, I I agree. I think that the Fireball version is not just better. I think it's just much, much better. I think you may mm-hmm. evaluate like whether you want Mancrick, and I know you've mentioned before in your stream that like maybe you should we should be maybe running Mancrick in a lot more decks than we currently are in the format. But I don't think Kazakis. Like I again, like I said, I don't think Kazakis is a bad card. I just don't think it's worth what you're giving up in this deck. So yeah, I I, I would think. I think I would coastline all that, obviously. After after playing a little bit of it, like I didn't really play too much of it to be honest. But I, I think just in theory, um I haven't really been swayed. I think the occult and fireballs are probably just better. Gotcha. Uh and brand terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed our little discussion about some of the new decks that have popped up this week. There's in the past couple of weeks because of these meta reports and some, you know, some you know, really great minds building some brand new decks and afer and romanu um lots to talk about so i hope you guys enjoyed that uh and to wrap it up we're just gonna uh, touch on xr's q a he had a q a about an hour before we recorded the podcast so we just want to touch on a little bit of the highlights and i want to start off with maybe the most important thing that was asked and that was answered today uh so martian everybody knows martian everybody loves martian he's been a guest on the podcast before make sure you guys check out his content if you haven't already he asked about the spreading plague animation <laughs> Reducing the Spreading Plague animation was a huge improvement, but now it's back to its old Resident Sleeper animation. Is it bugged now, or was it bugged when it was changed the first time? Also, please, 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 from the bottom of my heart, please speed it up again whether it's bugged or not. Ixar replied, <laughs> I will look into it with Alec and Celestalon. Oh, God, I'm just going to re- repeat that. Uh, so Ixar replied, he's going to look into it, unaware of any changes to the animation. Generally, we prefer to adjust any animations that are not dragging along and aren't big celebration moments. So this sounds like play getting nerfed or buffed depending on what side mm. of thing you're on it's getting sped up again eventually soon tm and i am very excited for that i know um big news the biggest news that we got out of this whole thing hopefully spreading play getting fixed um honestly i haven't seen a druid in so long i kind of <laughs> forgot about this but uh yeah yeah best change to the format the change that we all need screw nerfs to apmh or dark glare this is the change that we absolutely need okay now, speaking about the question of change, YGG asked, you have been playing a lot of Wild Ladder recently. For those of you that don't know, Ixar, I think, hit top 50 legend this week uh, in Wild. Climbing to the top ranks. So how is your experience with the format? Is the power level where you'd expect it to be? And are you happy with the direction the meta is taking? And so I'm going to go ahead and preface this. A lot of you guys might not like this answer. Um, but Ixar replied, I had a ton of fun. Been trying to go hardcore in every mode one by one to get a true grasp of the highest level. The meta is pretty diverse at the highest levels in my experience. Lots of arena decks from various classes, Hamba Paladin, Darkly Warlock, Flamewicker Mage, and other offshoot decks here and there. I'd say diversity is doing just fine. My only concerns are being the early game high roll potential of Mage and Darkly Warlock. Darkly Warlock is the less extreme of the two, but it's also more consistent and powerful. Mage just kills you on turn 4, turn 8 pretty consistently if you don't have any disruption, and that's pretty extreme. Right now, there are no balance changes on the horizon. But I would say that those two decks are both on the edge. Okay, so I don't think this is anything that hasn't been said before, right? So this is not any breaking news. But Mage and Darkly Warlock, you know, they're keeping their eye on it. They're talking this week uh, about some nerfs that are coming. Uh, And I'll go ahead and just kind of transition that into another tweet. Uh, Not from the Q&A, but earlier this week, Alec talked about uh, that they are planning on doing balance changes post-Masters Tour that's happening this weekend. Uh, and so they'll be deciding that sometime next week, and they'll be in the game the week after. So nerfs coming in potentially two weeks. Um, 
Those can include cards from the battle-ready decks, but of right now we have not made final decisions. Okay, wrapping it, <laughs> bringing it back to to wild. So if they are going to nerf decks, I think APM Mage and Darkly Warlock would be the two that they hit. I mean, Crab Rider might get hit inadvertently in hand buff Paladin because of standard, but uh, those are the two decks that they have. You know, currently, I guess they Ixar currently has issues with uh, in our format. Yeah, I really don't think there'll be any wild changes. Uh, wild specific changes, I should say. Um, there's not really overlap between Dark Lair and Standard, so there's not really a much reason why they would like be able to do two birds with one stone. And even with Standard, uh, Standard they might do Flow, but I also don't think... I, I don't know if Mage can survive in Standard without Flow. Like, the whole class kind of just dies off until the mini expansion. And I'm so, okay with that, by uh, the way. I'm just going to say, I'm okay with that, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, but, I, yeah, I really don't expect there to be any direct changes uh, of the wild right now. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, let's just talk about maybe some standard-specific changes. So, I know Crab Rider is the thing that everybody's talking about, but let's say that they hit Crab Rider, and let's say they hit Broomstick, and then maybe they hit Flow, or they hit Refreshing Spring Water, maybe. Maybe they do, instead of hitting Flow, it's hit the Spring Water. Um. So Broomstick hits Dark Lair and Hand Buff. Crab Rider hits Hand Buff. Flow hits Mage. That that would be a pretty massive shakeup, even without like wild specific changes, right? Those hit the three most popular decks. I don't want to, maybe not the strongest, but the three most popular decks. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's kind of how it usually goes for Wild, right? It's like seeing what collateral damage we... <laughs> like, we feel the effects, or kind of the side effects of whatever they want to be doing in Standard. Um, and that's kind of how nerfs go for us for the most part, which is fine. Like, I actually like that a lot uh, for the most part. I like it when changes in Standard shake up things in Wild, um, and they aren't even targeted at our format specifically. For example, the Polkout change uh, was something that they did for Standard reasons primarily, but it also had, like, significant impacts in Wild. Um, kind of hard to remember that Polkout was actually full mana. <laughs> like, those those were dark days. I do not want to remember. Yeah, we played, we played, for, the, yeah, we played for the Fiverr for so long now. Um, but yeah, so in terms of like breaking down Ixar's comment a little bit. Um, so Ixar, you know, made the decision that he wants to get the 11 star bonus in all the formats. Uh, I've played against him a couple times. Meowth farmed him a lot. Um, he got called out publicly on Twitter, which was very funny. <laughs> Um, but it's been nice seeing Ixar, like, dabble in the format and kind of check it out. I, I do think, like, obviously we just talked about the diversity to high levels. That is absolutely true. Wild is a much more diverse format at even at high levels than standard, which we've always talked about because it's not as much competitive incentive. So I think diversity is fine from what he says. I think the Dark Lair Warlock, right, like, he, he's alluding to Dark Lair Warlock, or not alluding to, but he's directly talking about Dark Lair Warlock and the Flame Waker Mage, Dark Lair Warlock probably just isn't that much of an issue because it doesn't affect a very big percentage of the player base. Like, it's not that popular, right? So even if it's the more consistent and extreme version between the two, uh, because Dark Lair Warlock pops up very consistently on turn 3 or 4, it's not, like, that big of a deal for a lot of mm -hmm. players because they just don't see it that much. And whereas, like, Flame Waker Mage, it's probably a lot more popular, um, but it's weak. Like, if, play if people don't want to lose to flame waker mage there are very 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 obvious clear things that you can do that will still be fine to the rest of the ladder you can play lothab in whatever aggro deck that you like you can play secret mage you can play reno secret mage you can play like uh, i don't know maybe you can dabble in some hunter gameplay um you can run cult neophytes whoa, whoa, whoa. So, did you yeah, just say I, hunter in 2021 I, I did, in the wild format what is who are so, you you actually really yeah. are turning into me 
Yeah, I know. Wow, a complete flip. Yeah, I played some Avon Hunter. Yeah, Avon Hunter went well for me. I'm uh, telling you, dude. I, I've been telling you this for weeks. All right, I've been farming people in THL with Hunter. The deck is good. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll see how things pan out. I think that what he he talked about later was that um, APM basically just got a huge population boost because of the spring water, mm-hmm. and so because the deck though isn't that good in, in what the metrics that they are they are using and seeing. They wouldn't expect it to stick around for too much longer. Like there have been lots of combo decks like this that have been more popular than they quote unquote should have been. Like Quest Mage, Quest Mage had a much higher population than it should have been after it had been nerfed. Um, and eventually, eventually, it started to dwindle more and more. Like in play rate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that a lot of people are going to be happy with this response. I think a lot of people are always like, "Oh, no, for ready pissed. to riot." Yeah. People are going to be pissed. <laughs> Uh, but I think I mean XR. I think as a game developer who is now competing at high legend ranks, I want to say I went nine and one against him in the span of three days, which I think was what prompted the tweet, which was hilarious, uh, by the way. Uh, but I think he knows better than a lot of the people that are rioting on Twitter and in Reddit. I and I would be surprised if, we, like you said, I would be very surprised if we saw some wild specific narratives. As much as I want Sources Apprentice to die and burn in a fire and no longer exist. I, I would eat a shoe or something if they nerf Sources Apprentice, because I, I it's don't expect not, it to happen. It's just not consistent with every message that they've put out so far, yeah. right? It's not, like, there's no reason to think it'll happen. So yeah. it's, just a, it's just a difference in, like, outlook on the format. Yep, exactly. All right, and I want to wrap up our announcements or, like, stuff to talk about this week with one last thing. Um, Zeddy is hosting a wild tournament next weekend, okay? May, what is it, May 8th and 9th? All right. If you want the information, head over to his uh, the link down in the description that'll link you to the announcement that he made. Make sure you guys check that out. I will be competing. Corbett, are you going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to, but I uh, I put my hand up. I'll be competing. Dude, I I mean, it's, we don't get the chance to compete, you know, in wild very often. So when the situation arises, I uh, I'm excited. To I mean, it would be rude to rob the people of the fantastic result that we saw last time we had a community wild tournament. So I have to compete. Well, I mean, I won the the one trick tournament. You, I think, did you win the uh, the solemn tournament? Yeah. yeah so like we we have won the last two big high profile wild tournaments that have been put on. Did you know that? We yeah. are we are I guess CN versus West. Okay, never mind. Those are some pretty high profile tournaments. But yeah. All right. Anyways, <laughs> compete in the tournament if you guys want to. At least I'm ready to go O two drop and then maybe cast some games. Uh, except oh, for I'm that. down. Uh, I'd be super down for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you guys are interested in that, the link will be down in the description below. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to wrap up our episode this week a little bit longer uh, than we were planning for, but we hope you guys enjoyed nonetheless. Corbett, glad to have you back. As much as I love Raffle, I, I miss me some Corbett. Thank you again for joining me tonight. Uh, let the people know where they can find you. Hey guys, you can find me at Corbett Games on Twitter and Twitch and YouTube and all the good places. Uh, my stream schedule has recently changed, so I'm going to be streaming. It's like it's very late night, I think, or late evening for people in the US. Uh, so a little bit later than normal, but it's been nice to see some different faces and things. So yeah, Corbett Games, you'll find me on, on those platforms. So thank you guys very much for listening or watching. Yeah, and you guys can find me. You guys know where I am at on YouTube, but you can find me at Twitch and Twitter at GetMeOuth as well. And then, of course, if you guys want to listen to the podcast on the go, make sure you guys check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all your podcast distributors. 
We appreciate all of you guys watching. We hope you guys are enjoying the wild meta, and we will see you guys next week. Later.